Dungeoneers. Welcome to Applied Dungeoneering, the D&D 5e actual play podcast that compares apples to oranges, because our creativity is about as advanced as inanimate food objects. I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, and I'm joined, as always, by my friends and co-hosts. We have Daniel here. He's like a mango because he's just a well of energy and sweetness. Yeah, what can I say? I'm uh, I'm better dried out and what? eaten. I I guess I disagree, but all right. You mean like what? we leave you in the sun so you get all wrinkly? Yeah, actually, I burn really bad, but then I tan very nicely. Oh, nice. Yep, skin cancer never looked so good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Janelle's here too, and honestly, she's kind of hard to pin down because, like most plants, she's kind of quiet. Yeah, that's why they get along so well with me, is we can all just sit together and enjoy our own space and time. Yeah, well, hey, maybe maybe your husband can help out. Daniel, what kind of fruit do you think Janelle would be? Mm, Well, cherry's her favorite, but I'm going to say behaviorally... She's maybe a passion fruit. <laughs> so that's a, that seems about right. Like she behaves like a passion fruit. I mean, because we all know what that means. Better. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is so just a bitter, bitter old woman over here. Ignore me. Keep going. Yeah. Well, Nate's here too, and honestly, he's probably a tomato because he doesn't like sweet things, and tomatoes kind of fit that bill. Just to show you how sour I am, I don't even like tomatoes. I like pickles because they're even more sour, just like my attitude. Well, I guess cucumbers are technically fruits? Yeah. I think so, because they're the, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's a fruiting body, so. Yeah, pickle pickle Nate. Sour things only, baby. (laughs) He's pickle Nate. Well, Joel's here as well, and the banana is the best fruit to describe him with because beneath his tough, leathery exterior, he's actually really sweet. Yeah, I've never understood how people eat bananas. I mean, it's really hard to get out or get through the skin there. And it's I mean, like all chewy, too. I mean, some people eat bananas like that. Extra what fiber. Mean, what do you mean, some people? Doesn't everyone eat bananas like that? Um... Sure, yeah, definitely. Right, guys? Okay, okay good. Others. <sighs> yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, everybody needs more fiber in their diet, so it's a great way to do that. Keep I'm actually allergic to bananas. Smooth. Of course you are. Oh, you would. No fucking <laughs> yeah. surprise there, honestly. <laughs> what? Uh, this Whoa. is some backlash. Real aggressive, real fast. <laughs> allergy. I can't I, help no. it. I'm, 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 what did I? Who hurt you, Daniel? Who hurt you? <laughs> Was it the plants? No, I just thought I. I just thought it'd be funny if I got mad at you over something you couldn't. Was well, that funny, Daniel? I'm hurt. Hey, that's most people for you. Good. Maybe maybe you'll think twice next time before deciding to be allergic to bananas. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Well, finally we have AJ, and I originally had something mean for him, but now that Daniel's picked on him, I need to think of something new. But since I'm all out of creative juice tonight, I think I'm just gonna say you're a can of V8, because there's a lot of variety to you. 
Oh, Josh, th- thank you. That that was very sweet. I I appreciate that. V8's very nice, especially the fruit kind. The fruit V8s are a lot tastier. They are really good. Mm-hmm. It just means you're the most multidimensional out of all of us. <gasps> yeah. A- AJ AJ's like a V8. I only pay attention to him when he's on discount. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, that was a good one. That was a good one, Daniel. Okay, well, someone's feeling honorary today, so... <laughs> so we get for recording another late late night episode yes i'm actually in a in a really good mood i i don't know why i'm being so mean to aj no it's okay it's okay it's part it's part of the process i understand my role in this good well know your place <laughs> well i'm glad daniel's in a good mood how is everyone else doing tonight i'm doing great i Super i'm excited duper. how excited I'm so excited that I will do a half spin in my chair because I'm still connected to my microphone. Here we go. Wee! And a back. <laughs> nice. That's really exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll do a spin. No, I'm not going to do a spin <laughs> in my chair. Oh, yeah. you the way the wires. Yeah. Everything will go wrong. <laughs> he would wipe out his whole desk. We'd have to pick it all up as he was angry and ruined his good mood. So. At least he didn't spit cookies all over the keyboard again. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Were we recording when I did that? When I literally threw cookies across the room and they I, got all I over my keyboard? I want to say yes, but I don't know. I don't remember if we did. Audi- audience members, you tell us if you remember that in the recording because that did happen and it took us forever to get back on track. <laughs> yep actually that's why i'm pretty sure it was between recording sessions because it took so long for you to clean out your keyboard <laughs> it was really funny though. yeah what word of advice don't don't throw a plastic container with cookies in it across the room to make a point <laughs> i don't remember what the point was just that you would eat them, I guess. Do I don't any know. of us? Do any of us? Rem- I-, I sure don't. And I'm the one who did it. I have no idea. Well, I don't know if there's a point in this conversation because no one's actually telling me how they're doing this week. So I think it's best just to move on with D&D because that's really the only reason we're here. We're not here to chit chat. We're not here to have fun. We're not even here to be creative because right. we used up all those juices. <clears throat> we're just here to... Josh? Yes, Josh? Daniel? Butter me up because I'm churning for adventure. God, yeah. no, no. This is not what we're keeping. I hate how you're trying to make this the new get me wet. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen if I keep trying. That's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, before we butter Daniel up and slide him into the adventure, I'm going to give us a quick recap. No. Why? I'm going to give us a quick recap and then we'll jump back into the action. So last episode, our fearless heroes faced down an Itvaras, a uh, terrifying cousin of the cockatrice. They emerged victorious and slew it, knowing that if it escaped, it would most likely come back and haunt them, much like the previous nemesis did. Funny story, this is also the story bit that Nate decided to include for his portion of the travel narrative. So you guys can thank Nate for that wonderful and terrifying encounter, which was going to happen a few sessions later anyway, but Nate gave me an excuse to roll it up sooner. So following that, 
the adventurers packed up, put out the fire in their wagon, and continued on their track. So, we will jump back into our travel action. If you guys remember two episodes ago, uh, I had all of you go sequentially to uh, give me some sort of narrative for the travel, like give you some, some way to have something interesting happen on the trip. And we have gone through everyone except for Janelle. So I would like to start off tonight's episode with Janelle telling us what she would like to happen. Well, I think first things first is I need to figure out this new horse situation. Like, are we going to, is there enough room to fit Fio on the wagon or does somebody else have to give up their horse so that we can I mean, all fit can, on the wagon? Can, you guys can also double up on the on the horse if you guys want to have two people ride. I think Gunner and Fio would probably have a blast. Yeah, I think we're going to make those two share <laughs> That then. poor horse. Bez doesn't want to give up her. <laughs> so, is, it, is Gunner like sitting behind Fio and he has to have his arms around his back so he doesn't fall 100%. off? 100%. Fio on, does not ride behind. Or is he sitting on Fio's lap with like <laughs> Fio holding him there? <laughs> I, I, you know what? Wh- whatever scenario fits your imagination, just picture it. In both cases, Gunner is eating some cheese. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you guys, so like I said, you guys are following the road. You're making it through kind of a less tree infested area. Not infested. Infested is a bad word. Uh, but it's more open. Rolling hills, the occasional village, some small pastures. So Janelle, what would you like to do with this time you have? Remember, this can either be the same day as the Iveros attack, or it can be a, a few days later. Uh, regardless, it'll by the time we do your bit, you'll have been on the road for about a week. I'm trying to think. Um, um, I guess maybe a day or so later when they're uh, traveling down the road, telling stories, and I'm sure Gunner being the bard that he is is like way up telling their story already, even though they were all there and they all know what actually happened. I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, help. <laughs> <laughs> is she doing some sort of interpretive dance? Yes, some... in the background, on the horse. <laughs> no. Um... Did, you, did you, like, take the Eidvaras' uh, head and, like, mount it on the horse so you can move it around like a, like a giant puppet? That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. That seems like something Fio would do to help Gunnar tell his stories. <laughs> <laughs> As they ride together, Gunner is like <laughs> going on about this huge story, and then Fio's got the head in the background, just like <laughs> <laughs> pretending to peck around or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, so it's just like there's a some story time, like maybe that, maybe later that night when you guys are settled down for camp, Gunner's workshopping some story ideas, and. Uh, you guys are just having a good time around the fire. Yeah. So uh, I came up with an interpretive dance to describe what happened earlier when we killed the giant dun 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 cockathrice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest joke I've ever heard, Daniel. I hate you all so, so much. Good. It's so good. It's not you, good. Janelle. Janelle, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. That's <laughs> okay. I hate me too. As the night um, wears on and it gets to be 
you know, evening, and people are slowly kind of heading towards bed, but not quite. Um, Vez gets weirdly serious um, as she realizes something with the group, um, and she, like, stares down Laszlo and Fergus for a moment. What? How how well can you keep a secret slash I'm not really sure how observant you have been lately? Um, well, I I guess I'm okay, but remember, if, if a pretty girl asks me questions, I can't help but tell her stuff because, you know, I'm, I'm a teenage boy and, you know, I want to impress them. So as long as a pretty girl doesn't ask me questions, I can keep a secret really good. He's very honest about his feelings. Yeah. What if you told that secret and then you died? Um, well, uh, pe- people have risked more for love, I guess. Um, I'll try my best. <laughs> I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And, La- and, La- and, La- <laughs> and Laszlo says, I mean, I can keep a secret. And uh, he, you can see he's uh, making necklaces out of the uh, Eidvaras talons. Mm. Okay. Well, Fergus, why don't you go over somewhere else with, I don't know, Jasper or something. Go talk about magic. I don't Go away. <laughs> well, I, I want to. If you have a secret, I want to hear it. <laughs> Not if you're going to tell a pretty girl. Okay, well, fine. I, I won't tell anyone then. Swear on your life. Yeah, sure. <laughs> She's looking at him like, like, if you do tell someone and it gets us in trouble, I'm going to leave you there. Uh, uh, okay, I'll, I, I, I acknowledge that. I'll be. I'll try to be responsible. Like I said, I'm, I'm a teenage boy, but like I got to learn responsibility. So I guess it's a good opportunity for that. Okay. And she, like, you can see her already regretting the decision she hasn't even made yet. Um, But she transforms into her normal changeling form. Uh, Fergus screams and falls backwards. Yep. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Laszlo stops making the necklaces for a second, uh, looks at you for a bit, and then just goes back to making the necklaces. Did you already know? Did you see me changing at night when Theo and I were telling stories? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the thing that you narrated and said that you did. Yes, yeah. I did. <laughs> he's like, I was like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, you gotta be careful, Vez. I know you're comfortable around me, but like, you, know, you didn't tell me beforehand. So if I'd been, if I'd been a bad guy, that would have been, well, bad. Oh, uh, you'd also be dead. But <laughs> not fair enough. Um, so yeah, so this is, this is me. Everyone should probably be on the same page, so history doesn't repeat itself, and I almost get killed again, because nobody knows. Um, and, uh, Fio, what was the, what was our word? Uh, pumpernickel! It was close to that, but not quite. Um, I'll remember it in a minute, I don't have... My notebook with all my notes is somewhere in the move, but I don't know where it is, so I can't look it up. Was it pumpkin spice? (laughs) Oh. Pumpkin muffin. Pickle juice. I, it might have, I didn't, pumpkin muffin sounds the closest. Pumpkin (laughs) mumpkin. Pumpkin (laughs) mumpkin. New word. (laughs) New phrase. (laughs) But yeah. um, So now everyone's on the same page. And I know if the word gets out, I know the rest of these guys can keep a secret because they've known. So, yeah. And she kind of gives Laszlo sort of a look, but like glares down at Fergus because she trusts him the least. 
Alfalfa. Fair enough. He, he, he kind of... Sorry. <laughs> he kind of kind of quails and then looks at Theo really confused and then stumbles back when Vez gets like really close to his face and he's like, okay, okay. Okay. I promise Just... I'll keep it a secret. Um. So yeah, anyways, and she transforms back into her usual self, I guess. Yeah, your half-elf form. Mm-hmm. Also, Fergus, if you tell someone... I will change into you and make you the most ridiculous fool in front of this girl that you have told. No! And she yeah, will you can't do that. That's inhumane. Never, never want to speak to you again. And he, he clamps his mouth shut. <laughs> she feels as though she has properly uh, motivated him now <laughs> and uh, will sit down. And she's going to want to start uh, slowly working through Smill's documents that... Uh, Lady Hecate gave us and maybe pass them some of them to either Laszlo or anybody else who may be interested in helping her. Okay. Yeah, you uh, you pass them around and you see Laszlo looks a little uncomfortable probably since you know he's keeping some secrets and you just shared like your big one with him um, but he, he looks like he's kind of torn between sharing or he looks like he's torn between talking and Staying silent. She uh, catches the look that she knows very well. Um, Laszlo, uh, I think the term sharing is caring, maybe uh, appropriate right now. And Oh, yeah, here. And he, uh, he starts handing out the Ivaros talon necklaces he made. You, yeah, you the Ivaros is native to uh, the Mier's kingdom area. Um, which is, so uh, these claws are, um, they're, um, uh, they're good, good luck charms, because uh, they're really hard to kill. And he looks like he's trying to dodge your question, so he's going around and passing them out to everyone. Laszlo, what do we need to know about you going into this? If we are caught blindsided again, that could be trouble. She just he, doesn't lower her eye contact. <laughs> and he he passes out all the talons um, silently after you say that. Gunner uses his talons with the head to run around and pretend to be the um, the thing right for us. <laughs> and he uses it to chase Tuo. <laughs> oh, that's evil. That's Tuo's so growling mean. and barking and snarling at it. <laughs> Gunner runs away frightened like a small child. <laughs> and uh, Laszlo's looking at Vez and he says, Well, Vez, I think it's more dangerous if you do know but I can definitely keep a secret way better than anyone else here. I can guarantee you that. Ooh. Bold statement. <laughs> Is there anyone who we should be aware of that's actively looking to, I don't know, murder you or something? Should we say your name? Should we not? Get, you gotta uh, give us a little bit of something so we know what's okay and what's gonna get us in trouble. Well, you can keep, you can refer to me as Laszlo. It is, it is not my first name. She, like, glances at Fio when he says that, but doesn't say anything. What? After so his you're, announcement. You're that... safe. I'll just I'll just have to make sure I stay hidden while we're in in the city. Luckily, this property that he... And he snags the document out is actually outside of the city. So once we have a home, I won't have to worry about it in the house. But that means I'll also have to have you guys do all the grocery shopping. Because I cannot be seen in this city. Okay. Well, we will 
leave you at the house then, I guess. All right, fair enough. So what you looking at there? He points to the documents that Vez is reading through. These are papers from Smills's business, trying to see if we can get a hint on where to start looking. So Laszlo looks at Vez and says, well, here, let's let's look at these as well. <clears throat> and he pulls out um, another stack of documents and he says, remember when Lady Hecate stopped by for a real quick moment? It was kind of weird and awkward. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. The, it was almost like the dungeon master realized he forgot to give you the information before you left town. Um, well, I have all that here <laughs> in this in, in these this stack of documents she gave us, and oh. uh, maybe if we look through these, combined with the notes you uh, pieced back together from Mister Smills, maybe we can, I don't know, come to a conclusion, like uh, put the pieces back together. I think that's a great idea. Uh, Aegon, do you want to help? I think Theo and Gunnar are, and she like turns to look at them, like chasing each other with the <laughs> with the, <laughs> with the Alvaros, I, the Alvaros uh, head, Alvaros, yes, head. Uh, and uh, <laughs> she's like, they're not going to be helpful. So, oh, of course, Fez. Just tell me what you need me to do. Yeah, and uh, J- 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 Jasper, Jasper should help too. Yeah, and can I mean I'm a, since he's a wizard, uh, Fergus, you can read and and comprehend material, right? Well, I'm I'm, I'm a sidekick, so the only thing I can really do is take the help action. Well, you help Jasper over there, and okay, well, Jasper, this will be fun. And he looks up at Jasper with an excited look. All right, so everyone involved, this will be Vez Aegon. And Jasper, all need to give me. I'm gonna say intel investigation checks with intelligence. And uh, since Laszlo's also a sidekick, he can use the help action to help one of you. So Fergus is already helping Jasper, so Jasper has advantage on his check. So can Gunner, can Gunner and Fio roll just to see how much fun they're having? <laughs> um, yes, I'll let you. I'll let you guys roll to see how much fun you're having. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Aegon, how to not metagame? This is how I'm gonna <laughs> retcon this again. Aegon, how good are you at, you know, reading and comprehending and putting things, investigating? One may say. Well, Vez, I have a 14 in intelligence, but I'm not really that good at. In- oh wait, no, never mind. I am proficient in investigation. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> wow, this, this is this is the most blatantly meta we have ever been. By I, I'm what are you I think, I think about? it's funny. This is great. I, on the other hand, am not. I'm just I don't know. Investigation is not my strong suit, and I am of average intelligence, one may say. So um <laughs> I may need a little bit of extra help, Laszlo. Well, yeah, sure. And he, he moves over next to you. And uh, between Gunner and Theo, um, Tuo can give one of you advantage since he can use the help action. So he can give one of you advantage on your check to see how much fun you're having. Okay, uh, well, <clears throat> I, I think, I mean, he's your dog, so I think it makes sense. True, but if you're chasing around people, he's either chasing you or he's chasing the people you're chasing. He gets caught up in it pretty cool, pretty pretty quickly. Oh, maybe you should give Gunner a disadvantage on his fun roll. 
No, <laughs> he he is, but Gunner is having fun. <laughs> okay, no. Yeah, how about how about 2-0 gives Gunner advantage on his fun roll? Okay. Yay. It's just straight it's a straight D20. Oh. Gotta got advantage. <laughs> I'll Josh, so, are you ready for our rolls? Yeah. Let me know what you got. Alright. I rolled very well. I got a twenty-four total. Natural twenty. So. Oh boy. Woo. With advantage, I also got a natural twenty. So twenty. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Jasper? Sixteen. Okay, well, only two of you needed to succeed, but all of you succeeded, so good job. Look at us. So you guys are going through these notes, and you're able to come to the conclusion by looking through all these trade deals, all these boring transactions, cross-referencing addresses held in the logbooks. Uh, you are able to determine that the biggest customer for Mr. Smills's uh, shipments and also, not surprisingly, the one customer with the most number of quote-unquote robberies on the road where shipments would disappear before they got there was the Western Volthrin Medical Supply Company, which you don't know a whole lot about, but you know it's like one of the larger trading companies in Volthrin right now, especially since they're making new advances in medicine and surgery and stuff. It's starting to become bigger as people are getting more interested in the medical arts. Did you just make Big Pharma in the uh, medical world? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's basically a big, growing presence. And it wouldn't really stand out too much because it's a medical company. It makes sense that it got the most traffic, but... You also know that Smills would orchestrate fake robberies to get his shipments sent other places. And this was really the only one where they would report, you know, missing shipments. Okay, now for for Gunner's fun roll, uh, I, <laughs> he got a 17. <laughs> so he's having a lot of fun. How, how about Fio? Uh, Fio got a twelve. I I think he tripped on a on a twig and kind of hurt his knee a little bit, but he's trying to hobble along best he can to keep up with the fun. Yeah, like I think I think you guys would be having a lot more fun, but since Fio hurt himself, it puts just a little bit of a damper on it. <laughs> like you're you're playing hot potato with this massive Idvaros head, and uh, so Fio's just kind of phoning it in because he's like, man, my ankle hurts really bad. Don't be a baby, Fio. No, it's it's just it's it's fine, really. It's just there's only a little bit of blood and just like one twig stuck in there. But it's it's fine. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> uh -uh. Fer Fer Fergus oh shouts over. Fergus shouts over. Hey, keep it down. We're trying to work over here. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> just yeah, just a bleeding knee. It's fine. Feel we're not nerds like them. We're really cool. Yeah, uh, n nerds. 2-0 barks in, a, in agreement and uh, puts his head up in their direction <laughs> as of scoffing at them. <laughs> <laughs> they can read, huh? <laughs> Wait a minute, you can't read? I, I can read. I didn't. Well, no, what? it wouldn't be that uncommon. Like, most people can't read because it's, you know, fantasy renaissance era thing. I'm pretty sure that Fio is smarter than Vez, though. Yeah, that's why he said, no, I can read. No, it's well, funny. I'm just saying, Gunner, Gunner wouldn't be surprised if his companion oh, said they okay, couldn't read. okay, gotcha. Because 
you know, yeah, it's kind because of Gunner odd can't that... read. <laughs> it's because Gunner can't read, yes. He wouldn't expect Theo to be able to do something he can't. <laughs> Gunner had a really hard time in college. It's like... <laughs> uh, oh my god. Gunner he never can answered read. if he finished college, though. He didn't. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Gunner didn't finish college. So anyway, after after that entire exchange, um, Laszlo finishes putting all the papers back together. He has them all organized now. Um, you guys have written a bunch of notes on them. And he says, well, at the very least, now we know, well, where to go. Because if you look at some of these addresses, and he kind of outlines them, these are warehouses where they will store new shipments. But if you cross-reference it here... We can see that they also get shipped to this outlet. So if we can go to this location at some point, which I don't know why I'm helping you with this, because I am against this. I will have you know. <laughs> I just realized I got super wrapped up into this. But if you're set on being a hero in your free time, after we figure all of this out, this right here is where I think we should go. I think that sounds great. I think it's the best lead that we have so far, so... There we will go next, I guess. First to find the house so you can hide, right? Precisely. Mm. So you guys take a little more time. You finish resting up. You eat some food. You sleep through the night. Obviously, you're all... uh, You're taking shifts to keep watch. Um, Who's keeping watch tonight? Uh, I assumed everybody at some point. Yeah, you like... I am. Well, you only need to take uh, like two hours to keep watch. So after, you know, summoning down the fury of the sky, I'll take watch. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's implied that Jasper is always watching. But yeah, I think. But he still <laughs> has to meditate technically, right? I'm Eight. fully conscious like elves. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, if you guys wanted, he could just. I think, like, uh, in the fiction, I honestly think it'd make more sense for everyone else to just sleep through the whole night and just have uh, Jasper keep yeah. watch. Because like Nate clock. doesn't believe in perception checks. So this oh, my good. God. Nate, this is, this is a home game thing. Don't draw this into the show, too. <laughs> this is a Nate thing. Uh, oh, my God. He's <laughs> got a point. Nate, there was such a good opportunity to to do a cool thing with a fiction, but of course you have to bring your personal beliefs into the podcast. Well, yeah. Gunner, Gunner will take first watch. <laughs> so Gunner and Jasper. Yeah. Okay. So just Gunner and Jasper. For, for the first watch, and, and then it's and then it's Theo, and then it's Aegon. Okay. It can't, can't be Vez because well, you can't see in the dark. Volunteering yeah. me? Excuse me? Oh, wait, I can't see in the dark either. (laughs) (laughs) We've been over this, Nate. You can. No, we realized Fio could see in the dark, right? Yeah, Yeah. it was was Fio who could see in the dark. I think it is. But not Jasper. Jasper, let me see. No, Warforges don't get dark vision. They get everything else. Miraculously. Uh, yeah, so. you guys don't want me to go on my dark vision rant, so let's let's no, move no, past this. No, everybody rants about the dark vision, though. No, I actually, think I I think Nate's right. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I'm I'm sorry I questioned you, Nate. I'm sorry you just right. for that. I'm going to not even bother taking my watches and sleep. Oh my god! 
I mean, it doesn't matter, I guess. But yeah. I mean, okay, so I could help take watch. It would just be by the campfire, and somebody else with dark vision would definitely have to be with. Yeah, that's fine. That'd, that'd be fine. I think Theo could stay up. Whoever wants to okay, have so next you guys, to Yeah, so you, you guys are set then, I think. Yeah. Okay, so Gunner gets through his watch. He's just scanning the dark forest at night. He doesn't doesn't see anything. Then Theo takes his watch, and he's looking through the trees, sitting by the fire. He doesn't see anything. And then Aegon takes his watch, and he's looking through the forest, the dark trees. Sees the moonlight filtering in through the leaves. It's a beautiful, beautiful full moon. Uh, why don't you give me a perception check, Aegon? Oh, and I will say this. I, Since I have devil's sight, I can see... Uh, as in darkness, as if it's bright light. So, okay, so yeah, you can just make a straight roll. Alrighty. So no, uh, no disadvantage for you. Yeah, that's a thirteen. Okay, with a thirteen, uh, you're sitting by the fire, you're scanning the trees, and you see a figure mm. standing in the forest, about a hundred feet away from you. You can barely make them out. The only reason you saw them is because they moved from behind one tree to another. And it's just a dark figure in a robe, like a really dark robe with the hood pulled up over their face. And you just get this sense that they noticed you noticing them, but they just stand there. Now, the question is, is does this alarm Aegon or not? I mean, I don't know. Why don't we do a real life test roll uh look under your bed yeah <laughs> uh, one second okay i looked under yeah you didn't see me waving no are you sure you're under the right person's bed uh, uh, uh oh guys i'll be right back <laughs> i just heard something in my bedroom <laughs> <laughs> oh my god daniel <laughs> it's me <laughs> Stop, you're ruining the moment! <laughs> oh, jump out of the window! Whee! Oh my god! <sighs> okay, guys, I don't think you saw me. <sighs> I need a bag. <sighs> Daniel, you better not come back around these parts. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. Uh, I think that Aegon will... You know what? He's going to do it. He's just going to go out there and try to talk to the person. What? Let's go. <gasps> oh, it's so bold. <laughs> we're, we're going out. Oh, my God. Does Jasper notice him when he goes out? I don't know. Does uh, Jasper roll a perception check, Nate? No, I mean, does he just watch Aegon leave the... I assume he's just taking a shit. <laughs> now, wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> You know what? I guess I shouldn't assume. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what you people do with your bio stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, same as an oil oil change, right? Yeah. No, very different. One's disgusting and one's a work of art. Yeah, Dan, I, get it right. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> the ego on Jasper that his defecation is, in his mind, a work of art is amazing to well me. J- 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 jasper is an automaton so for all you know it could be a literal work of art yeah it is i can't see you going into changing your oil and stuff like that you might have problems if you go in the wrong way God. 
boy. Okay, well, let's move, let's move on to Aegon's moment. Yeah. So Aegon is walking through the, the forest. Wait, uh, I should toward... have asked, how far out what were they? Oh, it's about 100 feet out, I said. Oh, okay. Okay, that's good. Does that, does that change your No, no, no. Answer? It's fine. That's fine. Okay. So you start walking towards this figure, and it starts to slowly back away. Huh. Not like panicked, but like starts to slowly, almost seems to glide across the forest floor. It's like disturbing the plants a little bit as it backs away, but it's backing away at the same rate you are trudging towards it. Oh, well, Aegon wants to catch up with him, so he's going to pick up the pace a little bit. <laughs> okay, so this thing keeps backing up and you keep walking forward and you get about so as it's since it's, it's since it's backing away you get about 70 feet out it is backed away so it's about 100 feet away from you mm. and then suddenly Aegon is bathed in a bright light as a spotlight Blares through the <laughs> the forest and illuminates you, and right. you look ahead and you can see the hulking form of some sort of thing shining these spotlights on you, and you see the cloaked figure disappear just like that as this thing walks towards you. Give me an initiative roll. Oh my god. <laughs> Joel, no! You split the party on purpose too? You what are you talking about? You I had no idea that this was going to happen. None. Not a single <laughs> clue. Oh man. This is going to be very interesting. It'll be fine. Do you want us to go ahead and roll initiative for um, whatever? No, not until you're awake. So... With these spotlights going crazy, do any of the people with dark vision get, like, also spotlighted? Would is like well, their passive just on perception? Me, I would assume, right? Yeah, because you guys are like fifty some odd feet out or something. I think once Aegon casts a spell, or once whatever this thing is attacks, I think that'll be enough noise for people to either be it probably did be awoken if your passive perception is high enough. So I know there's a specific rule about um, what your passive perception can do. So, Aegon, what did you get on your initiative roll? Oh, I got a 16. 16? Okay. I still need to pull up this thing stat block. I didn't get my dice out. Damn, I am... Ugh. Ugh. Damn, I don't even have my light on. All right, well, good, Aegon. You get to go first because this thing only got a 10. You want to put your initiative in the yeah, I will. turn order? All right, where's camp? <laughs> uh, camp is uh, back down south, Aegon. Down south, all right. <laughs> oh, boy. Like I said, it's about 70. Well, here, let me move these down. Because it's actually it's off screen. I'm going to make sure I cover my ass. So, yeah, the camp and the path are about 70 feet away from you. And this thing, you can't see it because it's shining these lights directly at you. Um, but it is definitely big. Like you estimate probably about eight feet tall. Mm. Mm. And you can hear the sound as it steps towards. You can hear uh, like a metallic crunch as its feet uh, crunch through the undergrowth. You can hear metal sliding against metal 
as it moves its limbs and it looks like it's carrying two weapons of some kind. Well, I think as soon as Aegon sees it, he's going to stumble backwards away from it a bit. And then after that, he's going to start, you know, getting getting down to getting down to camp. You know, he's gonna. I don't think he'll run. I think he'll he'll yeah. So you know what? I'm gonna move. He's gonna stumble backwards a little bit, and then he's gonna move, hit, take the rest of his regular movement. So uh, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty. And then once he gets uh, back a bit underneath these trees here, I think he's going to, uh, let's see, that'll put me about 40 feet from camp, correct? Yes. Okay. Then at that point, he's going to turn around towards camp and and cast Thaumaturgy uh, about, he can only cast up to 30 feet, but he's going to use it to make kind of a booming noise. 30 feet away to alert his companions. Okay, so yeah, you're just going to make a loud boom. Yes. Uh, So this boom resonates through the forest, and I think everyone immediately wakes up. (laughs) Gutter sucking his thumb. (laughs) 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 Trouble? (laughs) Gunnar gets up in a hurry. Yeah, Vez does the same thing. She, like, wakes with a start grabs her staff and is trying to figure out what's going on because she I don't think she can even see Aegon out there <laughs> right you can, how far you can definitely see this big spotlight shining through the trees directly at Aegon oh well then she'll head his way <laughs> okay well yeah. um, I will let the rest of you roll initiative but your initiatives are going to be held until after this thing goes so even if you roll higher than its initiative um, you won't go until after it, it has gone. Like a surprise round. So this thing is going to go, and it is still shining the this spotlight at Aegon, um, kind of illuminating him, and uh, o- almost blinding. And uh, Aegon, you watch as these spotlights begin to grow thinner and thinner as it concentrates the light until the spotlight effect disappears and two beams of concentrated radiant energy are directed right at you and is going to make three attacks against you with this beam of searing light. That's not good. So that is going to be an 18, a 22, and a 10 to hit you. Uh, 10 misses, but the other two hit. All right. So the first one hits you for seven radiant damage. Jeez. So these beams are like searing across the ground and uh, setting up smoke and it burns through the bark of the tree and all actually causes it to like pop and burst off as it uh, causes the water to erupt into steam and it sweeps them at you again. That's gonna be another seven damage. And then the third one just fries uh, the side of another tree and scorches a nearby boulder. But now mechanically, it is no longer emitting this spotlight because it's concentrating its beams at Aegon. So until the start of this creature's next turn, it is no longer emitting bright light. So Gunner, it's your turn. You wake up to the this booming sound. You look around, you're, pain, you're kind of freaking out, and you see this spotlight that reminds you of some previous encounters. Hmm. How, how far away is the creature from me? 
it's 70 feet away from you. Okay, so I think what Gunner is going to do... Now, did he did he see it firing the these bursts of light? Um, you probably woke up just in time to see the last one. Because we're okay. back at the top of the initiative round. So, like, you're... You hear the boom, you wake up, you look around, and you just hear the hear the beams, and then you see like the flashes of light that they're letting off when they impact the trees. Okay. Um So I think what Gunner wants to do. Let's see. So I think Gunner is going to Um So Gunner's still trying to wake up, but uh fortunately. He's uh he's definitely been giving in more to his primal side lately. I think it's because of all the workout and obviously Gunner's been guzzling whey protein. <laughs> so he's trying to get those gains. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, Gunner Gunner shifts almost immediately as soon as as soon as he sees the light. Um, so that's going to be his bonus action. So that'll boost his speed by ten feet, and so then he's going to move forward. Um, he wants to get maybe about 50 feet away from the creature. And then he's actually going to uh, pull out his short bow and attack. Okay. Hmm. Well, Gunner definitely is not awake yet because that's a 10 total. Yeah, that will not hit. Like you're stumbling, you're trying to wipe the wipe your eyes. Sandman definitely visited tonight and you draw back your bow and you fire and you just hear it whistle through the underbrush behind this thing okay and then Gunner is actually going to go prone and then that'll be the end of his turn okay so while you're prone you are also obscured uh, heavily obscured because it's a forest so like there's thick underbrush cool so yeah, unless, it's I'll... Imme- unless it's immediately next to you it is it's going to take a massive penalty to hit you Awesome. That's what I was hoping for. Yep, that's my turn. Okay, we are back to Aegon. So Aegon, as you're ducking and dodging um, from away from this creature's beam, uh, you look up and now you can actually see it because you're not blinded by the actual spotlight. Its beams are illuminating its body. And what you see is something out of a nightmare. Uh, it has these digigrade legs that look normal on the upper half, but then when they get to the lower half, the knee, the ankle, and the elongated foot until it ends in two thick claws, it almost looks like it's mimicking the muscular and skeletal structure of a living creature, but it's made out of these like chitinous shells. And even the leg has two separate parts to it, almost like a the lower leg bone. Then it has an incredibly thin waist leading up to its chest, which almost has like a rib-like pattern on it. And it has two arms. Again, they look like the shells covering it uh, are mimicking muscular structures. And the lower arms have the two arm bones of like a, like a humanoid. And they end in two clawed hands. But then instead of a head, there is a second torso starting about at the sternum and going upward, attached to which is two more arms of the same design, each one carrying a large scythe-like blade and centered like under a 
pair of muscular hunched shoulders is a simple head with just a like a single plate with four glowing eyes on it. These are the eyes that are emitting the spotlight and and uh, sending out this beam of light. All the all these colors are a mix of like red and orange. It's a nightmarish looking thing. You. You. <laughs> Gross. And the uh, and obviously the spotlight is very reminiscent of the storm clouds. Right. Yeah. Because it comes straight from its eyes. So he's going to whip around from casting thaumaturgy and waking everybody up. And he is going to cast guiding bolt at it and give it a taste of its own medicine. Uh, so All right, hit it with its own radiant damage. That's right. And hopefully it's not resistant or something. Uh, so that is a 24 to hit. That will hit. Go figure. Uh, so we will deal 5d6 radiant damage. Four plus four is eight. Plus six is 14. Plus one is 15. Plus two is 17. So 17 radiant damage. And okay. the next attack roll made against it before the end of my next turn has advantage. And upon uh, completing his attack, Aegon is going to look around and see this tree kind of to his left. And he darts behind it to try and get cover from these laser attacks and once he's thoroughly hidden behind the tree he's gonna take a bit of a breather <laughs> so yes you are heavily obscured behind that tree so it is a, it it'll have a much harder time hitting you is it obscured or cover oh actually yeah you're right da- daniel is obscured because he's behind bushes and stuff but you can still attack through those but yeah, you have cover, so you have a plus five to your AC. Okay. Thank you. Now, thank you for clarifying, Joel. Appreciate that. So, Vez, we're on to you. Okay, so with to get up to Aegon, you said it was 40 feet, right, from camp? Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's going to basically go up beside him, and can she see the monster without its... Is it, like, lit up enough that she can see it or no? Yes, you can. You, well, no, technically, I was saying that it's like a flavor thing, but it loses the uh, brilliant light as it's firing these lasers. Because I guess their lasers aren't really visible unless there's like dust particles. So maybe you can see like flickering lights and you can see it kind of as it's illuminating, but mechanically it has shut down its spotlight. Well, and if you're attacking, you'll have. So, like, Guiding Bolt puts a, a dim glittering around it. Okay, so, so you, I can still see That's it. what you get advantage. Well, you, you can see where it is, kind of, I guess, is the mechanics, how the mechanics work out. Okay. Because if you attacked it, you would no longer have disadvantage due to the advantage. Okay, so if she were to yeah, use a I, throw well, weapon here. at it, she well, here, would just roll normally? I will, I will argue... That the spell description says there's a mystical dim light glittering on the target. The target is illuminated by dim light, so you can see it well enough to make an attack without disadvantage. Oh, so therefore, okay. you gain advantage when you hit it. 
Well, thank cool. you for that ruling. Right. I mean, it literally says in the spell description, dim light on yeah. the target. So I guess I just I can't, didn't I can't really argue with that. Take that as the mechanical terming of dim light. I just thought it was flavor dim light. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I will argue that it is definitely enough to illuminate it so you can see it. Okay, well, Yay. she's going to throw a dart at it then. <laughs> okay. What's the range on your dart again? 2060. Okay, so you will make it with disadvantage be- just because of the out. distance. Yeah. So then it cancels out, so it's regular regular attack. Yeah, so we're just going to see what happens, I guess. <laughs> uh, 14? That will not hit it. Well, she just sort of chucks it out there. <laughs> I don't know where it goes. <laughs> not at the creature. Not at the creature. And she's, she like, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> but that'll, uh, that'll be her turn for right now. Okay, so now the glittering light does disappear around it. Yeah. I tried. I'm so sorry. And it is Fio's turn. All right, uh, Fio's a little groggier getting up. He, he's not as quick on his feet, uh, but he gets going and, and sees everybody else charging into the darkness. He sees some some flickers of fire. Somebody's throwing a dart somewhere. He's lost sight of, of Gunner. He's, just, he's gonna charge ahead as fast as he can. Um, and I guess since he can see a little farther, I think after he gets his first 30 feet, do you think he can see more of the figure with his dark vision, or no? Because of the obscurity of the you, force. Yeah, with your dark well, with your dark vision, you can see it. Okay, cool. So then I think what he'll do is he'll he'll dash the rest of the way up, and so will Tuo, to try and get into an area that's at least a little bit in front of people. Uh, and what he'll do is he'll have Tuo sort of uh, back behind him, because he doesn't share uh, how deadly this thing is and just kind of keep him at bay, just being about 10 feet from him, and use his bonus action to rage, because he, he's in the middle of a really good dream. There's a lot of ham, a lot of bacon, and now <laughs> this is going on, and he's not happy about it. Not the bacon dream. Oh, yes, it was the bacon, the bacon dream. All right, so the <laughs> two of you dash up to meet this creature. Mm-hmm. That's the end of your turn, and Aegon and Vez are watching you charge forward, when another spotlight blasts from about 20 feet away. <laughs> no! And Aegon sees another one of these the four-armed monstrosities no! stalking towards you. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you monster. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it and our other episodes with your friends, family, and co-workers. Your boss, if you're daring. Visit our website to find your copy of a D&D Quick Starter Guide, and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description. There, we discuss episodes, Dungeons & Dragons, and STEM topics that we all love. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to see you here at Applied Dungeoneering. Some of the background music in this episode is from Monument Studios. 
Check out their other music at monumentstudios.net.